Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily, but not exclusively, involving the NBA. And that is here. I don't know how many of my regular listeners are Warriors fans or avid watchers of them, but that's what this podcast is all about. Steph Curry being a one-man entertainment center these days, I figure there are quite a few people tuning in who aren't necessarily Warriors fans, but just like to see extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. But living in the Bay Area sometimes gives me a skewed view of how much the world at large really cares about them now that they're scuffling along just trying to make the postseason as opposed to being a Death Star toying with most of the league. I'll tell you right now, I'm enjoying watching this iteration of the Warriors far more, well, maybe not far more, but as much as I did watching them make their way to championships or fall just short. There were a healthy number of people in the Bay Area who were convinced that they'd still be a dangerous team this season, even after Clay Thompson tore his right Achilles tendon in November getting ready for training camp, assuring that he was going to miss not one but two consecutive seasons. Now, the Warriors faithful weren't convinced that the team would be dangerous right from the start. It was going to take some time for James Wiseman, their number two pick, to get acclimated to the NBA after only playing three games at Memphis before withdrawing from school in protest of questions from the NCAA about potential illegal assistance from head coach Penny Hardaway before either of them were actually at the school. I'm not here to pass judgment on any of that. All I know is Wiseman played all of three games as a college freshman. My expectations were low. 
And I know Warriors fans were optimistic because they would ask me to co-sign it. They wouldn't outright tell me they thought the Warriors could be one of the better teams in the league. They'd just ask how I thought they'd do. And when I said I thought they'd be about where they are, somewhere in the play-in mix, they'd mention Kelly Oubre Jr. and Andrew Wiggins stepping up and Wiseman growing, etc. All the reasons why I was underselling the Warriors' potential. Wiseman, of course, had an up-and-down year and then tore cartilage in his knee in mid-April. After surgery, deemed successful as it always is, the Warriors announced he would miss the rest of the season. Now, at that point, the team was in the eighth spot in the West with a record of 28-28, and 28, with Memphis breathing down their neck in the ninth spot and looking forward to getting back their young big man, Jaron Jackson Jr., with the San Antonio Spurs lurking in 10th. Even Warriors fans were struggling at that point to stay optimistic. The Warriors, of course, didn't exactly go on a tear, just Steph did. They had some encouraging wins over the Sixers and Nuggets and some painful losses to the Wizards and Timberwolves. But this is where the DNA, the original DNA, the founding DNA of the Warriors began to take hold. Because the DNA did not develop through the course of championships. A lot of their fan base did, but not the real heart of who these Warriors are. The championships were a conclusion of that DNA. The DNA is of a band of players, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Harrison Barnes, who were viewed as nice but rather inconsequential players, just as the Warriors were viewed as a nice but inconsequential team. That's when a couple of veterans, Jarrett Jack and Carl Landry and Richard Jefferson, made it clear that they weren't there to live down to all the outside expectations. They recognized the talent was there and that it simply needed to understand something very simple. The first step to being a good team is believing you deserve to be and not accepting less. Not looking around and seeing what isn't there, but grabbing hold of what is. They were the ones who infused the belief in Steph and Clay and Dre that they were more than nice players, more than 7th, 11th, and 35th picks, that they could be consequential players. And that's all Steph, Clay, and Dre needed to hear from guys who had been around the league a while. Jack and Landry had just been to the playoffs with the New Orleans Hornets. Jefferson, veteran of two runs to the finals with the Nets, had just been to the playoffs the year before with the Spurs. We have what it takes to be that here, they told Steph, Clay, and Dre. You have what it takes to be that here. That is the genesis, or DNA if you will, of what you're seeing here now. And it's what distinguishes Steph as a leader from, say, LeBron James. Maybe it's because LeBron is acutely aware that simply making the playoffs isn't something that is going to add to his legacy. He is calculating to the extreme and I don't mean that to sound negative. But he is judicious about when and where he will give his all. That's been proven, be it in a game or a season. He knows the expectations that come with being a number one pick and someone nicknamed the king. I firmly believe it's an important part of why he has had the longevity that he's had. He doesn't waste his time on lost causes. LeBron came from nothing off the court, but on it, 
He's always had an embarrassment of riches by the very nature of his own abilities. 6'8", 275 pounds, with the skills of a guard. Steph, he's the little guard who came from something off the court, but a place with relatively nothing on it, as in little old Davidson, and yet found a way to take Davidson on an unlikely run in the NCAA tournament. That's part of his DNA. Steph knows what it's like to be overlooked and discounted. That's where he comes from in basketball terms. Clay can say the same. Comfortable childhood, but a product of Washington State, not exactly one of the powerhouses in the Pac-12. Clay wasn't projected by any means to be the player he is today. Draymond has the most powerful story of all. Humble beginnings off it, no particular physical advantage on it, a winner at Michigan State, but in no way projected to be what he is today. The Warriors aren't just littered with overachievers, players who far surpassed what the expectations were for them. They have a vet capable of saying to every young player on the team, I come from where you're coming from, and look where I am now. Look what I've done. You can, too. Second-round pick like Eric Paschal? That's Draymond. Undrafted like Damian Lee and Juan Toscano with Anderson? That's Kent Bazemore. A late first-round pick like Jordan Poole? That's Kevon Looney. A top pick who started off on losing teams with losing cultures like Kelly Oubre Jr. or Andrew Wiggins? That's Stephen Clay. There's nothing like having a living, breathing example of what is possible for you sitting on the team bus next to you, passing you the ball, explaining to you why the little things are important, why grinding is worth it. It doesn't hurt to have a coach like Steve Kerr either, someone who at one point just hoped to stay in the league and wound up with five rings as a player to show for his perseverance and attention to detail. Kevin Garnett famously screamed, anything is possible. But the Warriors are chock full of guys who are living proof of it. Now, at some point, talent does matter. These Warriors can believe all they want, just as Steven Jackson, Al Harrington, Matt Barnes, Baron Davis, Monte Ellis, and Jason Richardson did, and it's not going to be enough. But that's the case with the vast majority of teams in the NBA. Draymond said recently that the current Warriors are not those Warriors 2.0, and he's right, but it's not because they have Steph Curry playing the way he is, as Draymond suggested. The difference is that these Warriors are facing a far greater challenge. Those Warriors were of a different ilk. They were the refugees from the malice in the palace, having the entire basketball world look at them with disdain. They were the bad boys. You hear players who have won a championship say it all the time. Their motivation is to feel what it's like to be a champion again. The flip side of that is, when you know you don't have enough, it can be discouraging. The thought can easily creep in. What's the point? What makes these warriors truly special is that they know that. They don't have that motivation. They have no illusions that they're going to make it all the way to the top of the mountain again and yet they don't care. They see the joy in making the ride or the climb last as long as they can. Not for them, as much as the guys around them who are clearly wide-eyed at being on this climb at all. Thrilled. Watch Draymond and Steph right now. 
There's not a single molecule in them that worries about being undermanned. They're too busy, too focused on seeing what they can get out of what they have. Because they know from firsthand experience that there's probably more there than meets the eye. That's what made them so unique, such unusual, remarkable champions. It's why they truly enjoyed Kevin Durant joining their ranks, but why Kevin Durant never quite fit with this particular core. KD, like LeBron, was blessed with physical gifts, unusual, extraordinary physical gifts right from the start. Now, give them credit, they both have made the most out of it. But they were given an advantage that Clay, Steph, and Dre simply have never enjoyed. But that's their secret superpower. They know from firsthand experience that there's probably more there than meets the eye. They're living proof of it. That there's a joy and satisfaction in making the most out of what you have and showing that you have a little bit more than others thought you had. Just think about watching KD with the Brooklyn Nets or Kyrie Irving or even James Harden. Are they getting as much joy out of being at the top of the Eastern Conference, of playing with each other, that you see Steph and Dre having, playing with Juan Toscano Anderson and Jordan Poole and Damian Lee? I look at the Memphis Grizzlies and they seem to have a similar collection, whereas the New Orleans Pelicans don't, or the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have the heralded players, but not the unheralded vets who have succeeded anyway. That's why, in a way, I admire what Steph and Draymond are doing right now as much or more than I did when they found their way to the top of the mountain and were champions. They well know they don't have enough to win a title this year, and yet you'd never know it by how they're approaching each and every game, which is a lot harder than it sounds. Imagine knowing what it feels like to stand at the top of the mountain and to make that climb knowing you're not going to reach it again, but you're still willing to make the climb anyway. Because the place that you do reach, the view that you do manage to provide yourself, is going to be more than the guys around you have ever experienced before. And why does any of that matter? Because I think most of us fit in the unheralded category. Most of us are just trying to figure out how to be a little better than people think we are. To take what we've learned along the way and share it with someone to inspire them to be a little more than they are. To not worry about where we came from or what we don't have and instead find joy and satisfaction in making the ride last a little longer than it was supposed to. That's what I'm trying to do in my own way. And yes, I take inspiration from what I'm seeing Steph and Draymond do right now. I hope you do too. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And I sincerely thank those of you who already have. Also, please reach out to me through social media, Twitter or Instagram. Let me know what you think about the new format, The Daily Pod. we got a big game coming up, Blazers versus Suns. 
I don't know if that's going to be the subject of the next podcast, but all I can promise is that there will be one, and it will be 24 hours from now. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.